you beyond the borderline this is a podcast dedicated to exploring in a realistic and hopeful way what it's like to live with borderline personality disorder and other mental health problems. My name is Aline and I am your host for this podcast. I want to issue a proviso at the beginning of the podcast which is that this is absolutely not a substitute for professional mental health and or medical intervention. So please seek out those sources of support if you need them. And I also want to mention that I will be discussing topics such as self-harm and suicidal ideation and addiction that may be triggering for a number of people. I aim not to discuss those topics in a detailed way as I don't really think that adds anything to the discussion and does not really fit in with the mission of this podcast. However, in a spirit of being authentic about my life with borderline personality disorder, those topics will be mentioned in this and subsequent episodes. And I will do my best to issue trigger warnings before I start discussions about those or other potentially triggering topics. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Borderline. Thank you for your patience in waiting for this episode which is a little later than usual, mainly because I've been quite overwhelmed with work and with my life and in managing my mental health. So I always have a lot of ideas for new episodes and I've got some good ones coming later in the year. One of the things I do is I will often ask listeners to suggest episode topics on the podcast Twitter. And recently I got a really interesting one that I hadn't considered before, the theme of BPD and memory problems, and in a general sense, mental health and memory problems. The suggestion got me thinking about the memory problems I've experienced living with BPD, also due to life traumas, early traumas, and pill abuse and substance abuse. The suggestion really got me thinking about this topic because because I don't see myself as someone who suffers from memory lapses or significant memory problems. But I realised in thinking about this topic that though I can generally keep up with commitments and conversations, I do actually struggle with lapses and blocks in memory more than I realise, which can be really frustrating. So as usual, I've decided to address this topic via a personal take on memory problems and BPD. I find it easiest and most effective for me to use my own direct experience and to share some ways that I work around them. And that way I feel that I keep things firmly grounded in a peer context rather than trying to be a therapist or a mental health professional, which I'm not. So please remember that in this episode, as is the case with all the other episodes of this podcast, your experience may differ to mine. However, hopefully you will find some common ground and some useful tips for dealing with memory problems in your own life. So at the moment, I'm going through some changes and it seems like I'm always going through changes in my life, including 
getting adjusted to some extra responsibilities at my part-time job, making adjustments to where and how I market and sell my jewellery, which is requiring a lot of radical acceptance around what is and is not working when it comes to selling my jewellery based on an assessment of the facts rather than the way that I want things to be. And that takes a lot of effort, I find, and a lot of wrangling my emotions. And sometimes it feels like I'm taking one step forward and two steps back. Not to mention that I am setting and resetting boundaries with various people in my life. That's an ongoing thing. That's also been causing me some turbulence. So I find that making changes of any kind in my life to my behaviour, lifestyle, habits, etc. can feel extremely draining in a way that other people do not always understand. For example, just getting used to my part-time job and dealing with what I find to be some challenging interpersonal situations often leaves me so tired by the end of the day that sometimes I just come home and zone out in bed for a couple of hours. In this state, I do find it hard to keep track of my evenings and what I've planned or need to do. If I let them, hours can just drift by in a kind of haze and I will have this sort of loose sense of things that I need to do floating around in my head. It's very difficult to actually tackle them. So one thing I found that helps me to deal with this problem, which in a way is a kind of memory problem, is to have a daily to-do list. Now what works for me is something realistic, i.e. a few priority items as well as at least one thing that is dedicated to my enjoyment and fun rather than pages and pages of to-do list items that I expect myself to accomplish based on, frankly, unrealistic expectations of myself. The way I started to work with a to-do list was based on a suggestion from a peer, and that was to have three priority items on that list, no more than three things, to get those done and then everything else could wait until another time. And I found that a really good way to start having a to-do list that I could accomplish and feel good about without overwhelming myself or setting myself up for failure. Having a manageable to-do list provides me with an anchor for the day. And as an example, let's say rather than tell myself I'm going to make 10 new pieces of jewellery after work, which is just not going to happen, I might write down that I aim to polish a few pieces and get those done to my satisfaction, which gives me time to rest and also allows me to achieve what I've written down. So it's what in dialectical behavioural therapy would be called finding a middle path between extremes of zoning out in bed for the whole evening and not doing anything and trying to sort of treat myself like a machine and just do one thing after the other in a way that's just not probably going to happen. My particular memory problems can also crop up in particular ways at particular times that have become a bit more predictable as I've started to see patterns. For example, when I'm experiencing depression, I find that my ability to focus, and that includes focusing on self-care, takes a real hit. It's as if my brain sort of turns to sludge. What would normally be fairly easy to do becomes extremely difficult. What makes this worse is that when I start getting angry with myself for not remembering what I need to do, I add to my emotional suffering. I found that depression 
plus self-castigation. For me, part of depression is very negative self-talk equals misery. When things feel particularly hard, I struggle to focus on even reading a few sentences written in a book or on the effort needed to wash my dishes and beating myself up just makes things worse. So in this situation, the first thing I find useful is to practice telling myself that I will be okay. I state that and repeat that kind of like a mantra and sometimes I lie in bed repeating that phrase to myself. I also use the word help when I feel really emotionally desperate and unable to move out of particularly a depression. And I offer it up to what I personally call my higher power, which is a term that comes from addiction recovery circles. Now, if that doesn't work for you, I suggest that you could find a comforting phrase or word to encourage yourself. And this is not about denying reality. In fact, it's quite the opposite or forcing yourself to do anything. It's more about offering yourself some understanding, also encouraging yourself that you will come out of this. And another thing that helps me when I'm in that depression is to remember that in the past, I have come out of these episodes. That's a fact. The only thing that's constant is change. And it can feel when we're in a particularly difficult state, whether it's depression or feeling intense emotion, mind, rage, or feeling abandoned. It can feel as though this is never going to end. It's just so powerful, it's never going to end. But if I remind myself that change is inevitable, that can help me to remember. It's like a sort of thread that I hang on to that takes me out of that tornado or that black hole of emotions that I'm experiencing that there is a way out of it that's going to happen because change is inevitable. So a simple word or phrase can focus your attention and make it easier to then maybe do one thing like getting out of bed or brushing your teeth. Now, another thing that I find incredibly useful is to have a baseline self-care routine that I can stick to pretty much in my worst emotional states. If I can't stick to this over a period of time, then for me, that is a signal that I might be needing some additional help. My own personal baseline is take my meds, eat regularly, even if it's a snack, shower or have a bath at least every other day and wash my dishes at least a couple of times a week. The other baseline that I have is that I show up for work and my essential commitments or I call in advance to take the time off if needed. What I try not to do is not to show up with no explanation. That really makes me feel like crap about myself and it adds to any emotional distress that I'm already experiencing. Now, what I also do is to practice challenging my internal critic that shames me for, in quotes, only managing at times to get up, take my meds, washing it back to bed. Admittedly, for me, that's not a regular occurrence anymore. However, that voice will criticise me unless I'm basically treating myself like a robot and doing way more than is reasonable for me to do. So in order to challenge this voice, I have benefited a lot from peers and professionals who were and are able to reflect back to me that my value is not tied up in how much I get done and that caring for myself as best I can is something to be proud of. And I think it's very important if you can find a peer, a therapist, a psychiatrist, 
a support group, a family member or friend, someone who is encouraging to you and who wants the best for you and has some level of understanding or willingness to understand what you're going through, who can be that challenge to that critical voice when it just feels too much to do it yourself. The advantage of prioritising a baseline self-care routine is that it has got easier to automatically put it into action when I'm emotionally off balance. One tip with any kind of self-care strategy or mental health tip that I will reiterate again and again, I think is so important, is that you do it when you're feeling okay. Because when you're feeling okay and relatively balanced, it's easier to do these things than it is when you're so overwhelmed that you're struggling to know what to do. If you practice these things and and start to make them a habit from a place of feeling okay, it does get much easier when you're not feeling okay to just automatically reach for them and find them. Now, specifically for those of us with borderline personality disorder, I think another reason we may have trouble remembering things is to do at the speed at which our emotions can fluctuate. So for example, I could be thinking about something and feeling really joyful and then suddenly when my emotion changes to intense fear, that thought has gone. This can be confusing to others as it may seem as though we're flaky or as if we're not reliable or some other other sort of moralistic based judgment. Realistically, it can be hard to explain how I can veer from one mood state to another so quickly and how this can affect my thinking. In particular, I could be thinking about how much I love something or what a good time I had. And then five minutes later, I could be furious about what someone said or did. And the memory of that enjoyable experience is forgotten. Plus, I'm trying to manage those intense emotions and that sudden shift in emotion without reacting in a way that's going to cause me to feel bad about myself. And that takes a lot of effort. So it makes sense that I might forget anything extraneous if I'm focusing all my attention on trying to manage in the moment. Now, I believe this is a symptom or part of BPD that can lead people to label those of us with the diagnosis as, in heavy quotes, manipulative when we are in fact overwhelmed by the strength of our emotions. So what has helped me with this particular symptom, if you will, has been core mindfulness, which starts with observing and describing my thoughts and emotions as a way of gaining some detachment so I'm not entirely caught up in the eye of the emotional tornado. If sitting with your emotions seems too much to handle right now, you could also try a body scan meditation, which focuses on body sensations rather than emotions and thoughts, and I will link a couple in the episode notes. Other instances of memory loss or disturbances for those of us with BPD can arise due to dissociation, psychotic symptoms, and identity confusion. For me, at the height of my dissociative symptoms, I consider in a daze for a good few hours, even a day. And when I come to, it's as if what I was thinking about or doing before the dissociative episode started has sort of slid out of my brain. Now, as I've understood more about what triggers my dissociation symptoms, mainly overwhelming emotions due to being triggered, I've gained more mastery over how I look after myself when I do get triggered, including grounding myself with my senses. Overwhelm is one of the key things that 
causes me memory problems. When I start forgetting my keys or my wallet or my travel card, or I start routinely turning up late for commitments, I know I'm starting to get overwhelmed and that I need to address that. Medication side effects can also affect memory. Effects on memory can be personal and individual, by the way. So what might affect me might not affect you. So do you recognise yourself in any of the above scenarios? Please remember if you do that you're not alone. And I think what's important when acknowledging the memory problems that can occur with BPD and other mental health conditions is that they are an expected part of what you're dealing with and they are not a moral or a character issue. For example, you are not in quotes stupid, in quotes manipulative or in quotes being rude when you experience such problems. I believe that the first step in addressing and taking steps to manage any mental health symptom requires acceptance. I need to remove the judgments, mine and other people's, and work on accepting that like the limitations that might come with a physical illness, memory disturbances can be part of BPD and other mental health conditions. In conclusion, I want to recap my five top tips for dealing with memory loss and BPD. And they are, number one, write things down. Make a daily manageable and realistic to-do list and refer to it. You could also record your list on your phone. Remember not to beat yourself up if you do not get every single thing done on that list. Keep practicing and it will get easier. Two, try a regular body scan meditation as a way of developing a core mindfulness practice to start gaining some detachment from your emotions, which in time, which in time will make it easier to ride their waves without getting pulled under. Three, try grounding yourself with your senses when you experience dissociative symptoms as a way of keeping yourself anchored to the present. Four, practice accepting that memory problems are a common part of BPD and other mental health conditions. You could do this by reading articles on memory and BPD, speaking to a mental health professional or speaking with peers who can validate your experiences. Five, Develop a simple self-care routine and work towards making it a habit. Start simple, start basic and cheerlead yourself every time you achieve it. So I hope this episode has given you some food for thought about the topic of memory problems and it has validated the fact that they are not out of the ordinary for those of us with BPD. And as always, if you have any doubts or concerns about this topic, please see a qualified mental health professional. Before I go, I'd just like to remind you that a review on iTunes or whichever network you listen to this podcast is most appreciated. It will take a few moments and of course it's completely free because that helps this material get to the people who need it. Also, you can leave the podcast a voicemail and to do that, I recommend that you check my Twitter page, which is beyond the B-O-R-D-E-3 on Twitter, as I said, and I will post a link to where you can leave a message for the podcast. As always, please also remember to share your suggestions for future episode topics. If you have any, I will conclude by wishing you a peaceful 24 hours ahead and at the very least a few peaceful moments in your day. Peace out.